everybody. Welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lindsay Hansen, and today is February 4th. Today we begin a brand new Come Follow Me block and a brand new book of the Book of Mormon. We're going to start the book of 2 Nephi, and we're going to be studying chapters 1 and 2 this week, which I'm super excited about. Studying two chapters is going to give us an opportunity to really delve into the scriptures. And 2 Nephi chapter 2 is probably one of my favorite chapters in the whole Book of Mormon. So I'm really looking forward to studying that with you this week. Let's jump in by talking a little bit about these two chapters. These two chapters should really kind of perk our ear a little bit because they are Lehi's final words to his family. So a prophet's final word, his final testimony. As I was thinking about that and how profound and important these chapters are as a prophet's final testimony, it got me thinking about the last testimony of our prophets and our apostles. Often when we hear them, we don't know that it'll be their last testimony. We don't know that it'll be the last time that we hear them testify. But if we did, would we receive that testimony any differently? I wanted to take an opportunity thinking of that and talking about that to maybe play for you President Hinckley's final testimony, President Monson's final testimony, and then also Bruce R. McConkie's final testimony because his was really special. He was very, very sick with cancer when he gave his last testimony. In fact, he passed away about two weeks after his final testimony. He probably knew that it was his last testimony, and I think the church probably knew it was his final testimony as well. And it's just a really special testimony. So I wanted to play those final testimonies for you as we begin this journey studying Lehi's final testimony. So I'm going to start with President Hinckley. To you, each of you this day, I affirm my witness of the calling of the prophet Joseph, of his works, of the sealing of his testimony with, the, with his blood as a marvel to the eternal truth. Each of you can bear witness of the same thing. You and I are faced with the stark question of accepting the truth of the first vision and that which followed it. On the question of its reality, lies the very validity of this Church. If it is truth, and I testify that it is, then the work in which we are engaged is the most important work on the earth. I leave with you my testimony of the truth of these things, and I invoke the blessings of heaven upon you. May the windows of heaven be opened and blessings showered upon you as the Lord promised. Never forget that this was His promise and that He has the power and the capacity to see that it is fulfilled. I so pray as I leave my blessing and love with you in the sacred name of our Redeemer, even the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Essential to the plan is our Savior, Jesus Christ. Without His atoning sacrifice, all would be lost. It's not enough, however, merely to believe in Him and His mission. We need to work and learn and search and pray, repent and improve. We need to know God's laws and live them. We need to receive His saving ordinances. Only by so doing will we attain true eternal happiness. 
We're blessed to have the truth. We have the mandate to share the truth. Let us live the truth that we might merit all that the Father has for us. He does nothing save it be for our benefit. He has told us, I quote, This is my work and my glory to bring to pass the immortality and eternal life of man. Close quote. From the depths of my soul and in all humility, I testify of the great gift which is our Father's plan for us. It is the one perfect plan to peace and happiness, both here and in the world to come. My brothers and sisters, I leave with you my love and my blessing. As I close, I do so in the name of our Savior and Redeemer, even Jesus Christ. Amen. And now, as pertaining to this perfect atonement, wrought by the shedding of the blood of God, I testify that it took place in Gethsemane and at Golgotha. And as pertaining to Jesus Christ, I testify that he is the Son of the living God, who was crucified for the sins of the world. He is our Lord, our God, and our King. This I know of myself, independent of any other person. I am one of his witnesses, and in the coming day I shall feel the nail marks in his hands and in his feet, and shall wet his feet with my tears. But I shall not know any better then than I know now that he is God's almighty Son, that he is our Savior and Redeemer, and that salvation comes in and through his atoning blood and in no other way. God grant that all of us may walk in the light as God our Father is in the light, so that, according to the promises, the blood of Jesus Christ his Son will cleanse us from all sin. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. amen. I just always think it's so special to listen to the final testimony of our prophets and apostles, the final testimony that they give, the last things that they teach us about and testify of. Those are the things which they most likely find to be most important. And I believe that it was the same thing here for Lehi, knowing that his time was short. I love these verses because these are the things of his soul. These are the things that he found most important to impress upon his family with his last words and the last of his time here on this earth. I think it's particularly interesting because Laman and Lemuel had pretty much been complaining ever since they had left Jerusalem. They had talked about their hardships and their difficulties and all the tough things that they have been through. And listen to what it says in verse 1 of Second Nephi. It says, And now it came to pass that after I, Nephi, had made an end of teaching my brethren, our father Lehi also spake many things unto them, and rehearsed unto them how great things the Lord had done for them in bringing them out of the land of Jerusalem. And so here, with his final time, with his final testimony, 
He wants to remind Laman and Lemuel of the greatness of God and of his mercy, how many blessings they had received since leaving Jerusalem. Continuing on, it says, And he spake unto them concerning their rebellion upon the waters, and the mercies of God in sparing their lives, that they were not swallowed up in the sea. And he also spake unto them concerning the land of promise, which they had obtained, how merciful the Lord had been in warning us that we should flee out of the land of Jerusalem. I love this again because Nephi's focus is to teach us and to testify to us and to show us the great and tender mercies of God. It would seem that Lehi wanted his family to see God's mercy and to see God's love. And he testifies of that right here. And rightfully so, because when we truly understand and see God's love, it changes our hearts. Elder Holland taught, The first great commandment of all eternity is to love God with all of our heart, might, mind, and strength. That is the first great commandment. But the first great truth of all eternity is that God loves us with all his heart, might, mind, and strength. My friends, I believe that Lehi wanted Laman and Lemuel to see God's mercy so that they could feel his love, and by feeling his love, have their hearts be changed. God's love changes our hearts and makes us whole if we will allow ourselves to feel it and to believe it. Thank you so much for listening today. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to follow us on social media, subscribe, like, comment, or share. This has been Come Follow Me, Daily Dose, and I'm Lindsay Hansen.